Welcome to the Cornerstone Church Podcast. We are glad you are taking advantage of this resource. If you would like to find out more information about our church or connect with us, go to cornerstonebv.org. You can also check us out on our Facebook page, at CornerstoneBV. We hope that the message today impacts your life and draws you closer in your walk with Christ. Man, all right. You guys can have a seat. How are we doing? Oh, sounds like you're doing good. Um, all this snow, the kids saw it earlier. I was thinking about going sliding. Anyone want to come with? <laughs> Andrew's in. Nicholas is in. Right? Well, I was thinking about sliding. Um, don't take my sled, Timmy, on your way by. And, you know, I, I was um, uh, thinking about when I was a kid. You know, back all those years ago when I was a kid, you know, our parents didn't drive us to some hill where, you know, you got pulled up the hill. You had to trudge to the end of my street, Ashwalot Street Cemetery, to go through that. And there was woods, and there was carved paths in the woods. Um, there was one that was pretty safe, um, but my friend Brian and I, we didn't really like that one. Um, we went to the left where this, this hill, um, we would get in it. I'm not going to go down the stairs. Some of you looking a little, not on purpose anyway. Um, boy, I used to fit better in these things. Uh, and, and we'd get in it, and, and it was this very slight, uh, I should say, narrow trail in the woods, and it would freeze up real quick. And we built a jump at the end and went across the road. Um, it wasn't a very busy road, but we still thought it was cool. You never know. You might jump a car. And, and we loved this, and we'd fly. And here's the thing. It was so icy, you couldn't go off this path, and so you would have to steer it. And you'd get your gloves, and, you know, you'd really have to dig it and get pretty good at that. And so Brian and I, we brought our friend. We were about 10. I think we brought our friend Sean. And Sean looked at this hill and was like, mm, I don't think so, guys. And uh, we were like, come on. And like any other 10-year-old, he'd rather die than uh, not go. And so we taught him everything. We're like, you got to go, like, you know, use, even use your feet if you have to. You can't, you know, there's trees everywhere. And so, of course, we give him a little shove, and he just went, ah, right? And, and the, the, the sled just basically began to just drift right towards this whole grouping of birch trees. And, I, you know, we're, he's, he's careening down the hill, and I just don't want to pull anything. All right, good. Uh, it, it used to be easier 10 years ago when I did that. Uh, and, and Brian and I are watching in horror, but we're 10 years old, so we're laughing too, right? That's kind of how it works. And, and we're watching as he somehow, the sled, like, kept going through these trees, and he just stopped dead right against the birch tree. He wasn't dead. He stopped dead. Expression, all right? And, and so we kind of slid to get to Sean, right? And he had a little bit of blood come out of his nose. He was fine, Probably was concussed, but we didn't have concussions back then. So, uh, and so we, we, we were like, what happened? Why did, and he's like, I'm never going down that, that hill again. And, and from then on, he took his, his sled and he went on like the, the fluffy snow and kind of went like two miles per hour very delicately down the hill. And I bring that story up because it's sort of my winter version of the one that I bring up, illustration I bring up a lot, and that is this ocean tides, right? If you just drift... You don't drift naturally the way God wants you to go, right? That instead, you, and, and, and just like that slide, if you're not intentional about keeping yourself on the right path, what happens is you drift not towards the right way, but the wrong way towards the trees. And I feel it. I'm sure you do too. It's New England. It's, it's cold. The snow comes. We've got, you know, still dealing with the pandemic and all this stuff, right? We're drifting towards, right, wanting to just kind of, Stay home, right? Get the Afghan out. Get the biggest mug, right? Fill it with coffee, tea, hot cocoa, whatever's your favorite. Get the remote out, right? 
HDTV, uh, Hallmark Channel. Oh, thank God my wife doesn't like that one, but some of you love that, right? Or a documentary on Netflix and just, that's it. I'll see you in April, May. We'll see what God's doing then. And I'm not against any of those things. Good time to rest, especially when it's a nice snowy day. But the drift is towards that. It's not towards the purpose God has for us, right? And so as we look today at Psalm 34, I might preach with this on. It's comfortable. Um, as we look at Psalm 34, that's the word I want you to leave here with it. We kind of had that word a lot last week too, intentional, to put your gloves in the snow and keep yourself where the path where God wants you. The, the drift is not where you want to be. So you have to be intentional and fight, fight against that drift. Let's pray. Lord, we, we are adrift often, and uh, many of us come in here with uh, drifting towards all kinds of things. And so, Father, I pray that, that you would meet each person where we're at. Lord, you would get me out of the way and, and let your word take root into our hearts where we need to be encouraged, Lord. We would be encouraged. Where, where we would need to be challenged, we would be challenged. And so, Lord, I, I ask that, that, um, that you'd be gracious to us and that we would leave here changed more like Jesus. I thank you for the opportunity to celebrate the Lord's Supper and, and um, praise you through song. And I just pray that this time would be sacred uh, unto you. And it's in Jesus' name. We bless your name, Lord Jesus. In his name we pray. All God's people said? Amen. Amen. Ah, that's right. I like it. All right. So um, it, it, we're, we're going to, if you have your Bibles, you can use a pew Bible or we'll put it on the screen for you. Make it easy. Uh, it's Psalm 34, middle of your Bibles. Um, and it's just like last week. It's a Psalm of David. And unlike last week, this is one of the, the, the Psalms that it gives a heading. It tells us what event David actually wrote this in response to. And it's this weird uh, kind of story that's found in 1 Samuel 21. You might remember because it's so strange, but it's when David, before he was king, and he's running from Saul. Crazy King Saul with all of Israel's army was after David and his men. And they're, they're uh, 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 he's, you know, David he gets this bright idea. I ha if I go to a kingdom in the Philistine, uh, uh, land of the Philistines, if I go there, maybe they won't, Saul won't come in there because it's an enemy and it would create a war and all that. So he goes there and he's hoping he'll be seen as an unknown mercenary army. Uh, and, and yet one of the, he was so famous, is one of the people in, in the land said to the king, that's David, like one of our greatest enemies, literally in your hands. And David was terrified. And so he just, on a whim, I guess, just decided to act insane. And you remember this? He basically starts to drool. And the spittle, it says, is literally in his beard. And he's clawing at doorposts, right? He's, he's acting insane. And the king, like, in his best, uh, I don't know if you remember the, the movie As Good As It Gets, where he just said, sell crazy somewhere else. We're all stocked up here and kicked him out. And David got out of it. And yet, when we read this psalm and also Psalm 56, we see that David didn't look at that as, wow, I was so uh, intelligent to act insane or he, that trick worked. He looked at it, it was, it was a delivery from God. God delivered him. And so he wrote this song in response to that, how God delivers, how God saves. And yet also then, therefore, how do we trust in him? And so we're going to look at that, um, but I want you to remember that word intentional. Because what intentional means is I'm going to do something practical this year, as we're entering the new year, to, to be intentional on this. 
Um, and, and so you're going to see these first three verses of, the, of Psalm 34 that he goes from personal praise inviting us to corporate praise. Watch. He says, I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. My soul makes its boast in the Lord. Let the humble hear and be glad. So you see how right there you see the, the word continually, and, and, and he says at all times. So this is not just him in church, right, or synagogue or temple or anything like that, right? This is David just saying, I want my everyday life to be praised to the Lord, to boast of his name. But then you see in verse 2 how it's infectious, right, that, that there's something about someone who's genuinely praising the Lord, it attracts others, some think it's weird and, and are you know, repelled by it, but others are attracted. He sees, says that, that let the humble hear the praise and be glad. And so he invites more people to join him. He says, so, oh, magnify the Lord with me and let us exalt his name together. When you exalt the name of God in the Bible, it's all of his attributes, all of his character, who he is, what he's done. To magnify is, is, to, is to praise him, right? To, to, to call out his name and how great he is. And so you see, David writes this and says, I want to praise him at all times. And then, hey, you and you and you, come together and let's praise him together corporately. Okay? And so I, I want us to see this pattern of David and look at this intentional, to be intentional about our praise this year. Intentional. And so, like David, this means all the time. This means not just like when, when we walk into church on a Saturday night or a Sunday morning. This means throughout our days so that by the time we get here, right, we've been praising the Lord, even when we're in a, ta- a difficult time. But we've been praising the Lord kind of on our own or with our family or, or whoever's around us. Now we're going to collectively come. Now let's collectively magnify the Lord in his name. Um, I want, imagine if I, I said to you, which would be true, by the way, hey, I have uh, a wife, and Heather is the only woman for me, which is true, and that's a good thing. But then you find out that I have reserved Monday morning for Heather. The rest of the days, I got other girlfriends, I got other people, you know, whatever. It's nothing about her. It's a few hours on Monday, to be honest. I, I try to get there every week, but I, you know, two or three times a month, let's say. Would you actually say that Heather is who I really put above all other women? No, I would be a scoundrel and you'd fire me for sure, right? But that's what sometimes we do. Like, we, we worship God above all things, and then uh, we reserve that for Sunday morning or, or, or this time here right now. The rest of the week, we worship money or career or success or our kids or a sports team or politics or whatever it is. That's what we're, we're yearning for. And then we kind of stumble into the corporate church and say, boy, I hope the worship team gets me into worship because I'm not in a very worshipful mood. I'm not in a very praisey mood. And instead, if we pattern off of David, what we're saying is personally praise him throughout the week, right? Bless his name. And then we come in sort of excited to get together with one another and to collectively magnify his name. So um, how do you intentionally make praise that's that's a regularly part of your life? Some of you already do. And if you do, um, I would invite you to come along someone else and show them. Show them what you do. There's a lot of things you can do. One of the, one of the things you can do is um, carve out in your prayer time uh, a time of praise. 
Do you do that? Like, don't just jump into the list. Like, spend time just praising God for his name, for who he is, how he saved you, what he's done in your family, what he's done in your life. Like, constantly, like, just, just praise him. Use the Psalms. I'll often do that, is, is take God's word and make it my own. Praise to him. Um, there's other praise books that, that will give you, if you're not really sure what to say, will give you the words to say it. So do that. Second thing is make music. Like, I'm not saying throw out all your secular music, but carve out some time. Maybe when you're alone in the car or, or on a walk, just listen to whatever kind you like. You like, you know, some of the older classic hymns, or you like harder, uh, you know, kind of rock, Christian rock, or you're more of a, a Christian rap person. There's some great praise Christian rap stars. Some of you may not have known that, but there are. Whatever it is, carve out time to spend time praising God. And lastly, even though there's many others that I'll give you, is, and this is really important, is um, contextually in your life, praise him. Let the context of your life bless the Lord. I have a pastor friend of mine, his name's Sam, uh, the other morning, which was really weird. Remember, it rained, and then all of a sudden, it, like for an hour, there was like glare ice, and there was a lot of accidents around. Well, he was bringing his kids to school, and he got there, and he dropped them off, and he was headed back uh, to the church, and he hit an icy patch, and he rolled his car over and totaled it. He was totally fine, and his attitude now is, even though that's not a lot of fun that that happened, is praise God for delivering him, and it didn't happen when his kids were in the car just minutes before, right? Instead of saying, wow, I'm lucky, right, or I'm ugh, upset that that happened, God delivered me, and so that event turns into praise, Right? And so whatever it is, it can be something big like that, or it can just be, you know, something good happens, or you smile at one of your grandkids, just like, praise God, right? And so the more you make that a regular part of your life, now we come into to the corporate gathering, and we're doing it together. Praise God. But it has to be intentional. You will not drift in your sled towards praising God, will you? We drift towards grumbling is what we drift towards. And I'm as guilty as charged, so you have to be intentional about saying, find ways to praise God. Because here's how, 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 how I want you to look at it. I'll give you two illustrations real quick. For those of you that are sports fans and those of you who are music fans, a lot of you are both. If you don't like sports or music, I can't help you. Just try to stay with me, okay? Um, if, imagine you're following your favorite baseball team. And uh, all season, and you're watching, they're doing really great. They get into the World Series. And for a couple of weeks, you, maybe your family, a couple of your closest friends, you're cheering your team together. And you rise and fall with the team, right? You get all the way to game seven, and they win. And so all along, you're kind of privately with a few others cheering on your team. And they win. And then the next week, they're going to have the parade, right? And you're like, I'm going to take off from work, and I'm going to go. And you join millions of people who have all been kind of privately cheering on the team, and collectively, you now cheer on the team. You see? Now, if you don't, you haven't been cheering at all, you end up at that parade, you're like, who are all these crazy people, and why is traffic so bad? You don't want to be there, but if you have uh, been doing it all along, it's so exciting to be with others who also want to cheer on that team. If you're a music person, if you have a favorite band or pop star, right, you know all their lyrics, all their songs, and you, maybe a few friends, you just love their lyrics, right, and then you get tickets to go see them live, right, and now you're with thousands of people who are all singing to your favorite song, right, if if you don't know them at all and have never even heard them, maybe you're like, oh, this is pretty good music, and you're like, this is okay, or you're like, this is terrible, 
but if you've been doing it all along, now we get together and we're all excited. Think of church gatherings corporately like that. Not where we come and we're like, man, somebody better get me in a praise mood. That happens. Life hits. But overall, be already been praising God and now looking to magnify his name together. It takes intentionality. It really does. Now, a much bigger section, we'll go rather quickly through this section, um, that, that, that there's a lot of themes, and you know me, it's hard to, to pass some by, but I will. I want us to see that the theme here is intentional trust. Trust. This year, to be intentional about trusting God. Now watch how, how um, David sings it in verse 4. He says, I sought the Lord, and he answered me, and he delivered me from all my fears, right? Intentionality. I sought the Lord. He didn't just, oh, there. I sought him. I wanted deliverance from the Lord. He says, those who look to him are radiant, and their faces shall never be ashamed. The poor man cried, and the Lord heard him and saved him out of all his troubles. And then I love verse 7. The angel of the Lord encamps around those who fear him and delivers them. And so there's, they use a, two different Hebrew words for fear in this psalm. Fearing circumstances is different. That's like, oh, I'm really afraid. Fearing the Lord is a good fear. It's reverence. It's awe. And the whole idea of trusting God is if, we, if our awe for who God is overwhelms our fear of our circumstances. Right? Awe for who God is has to overwhelm our fear for our circumstances. Because there is fear in life. And, and so uh, you, you see this great line where he's actually, this is a promise. If you're, you're someone who, who, who loves the Lord and you're trying your best to trust the Lord, there are angels who encamp around you. Isn't that an awesome thought? It's like um, the, the, the famous story that uh, the Chris Tomlin song is written after from 2 Kings 6, the prophet Elisha. Remember, he's with one servant, and the king of Syria hates him, and it brings his whole army to crush Elisha. And Elisha's uh, servant goes out and sees his whole army, and he goes back, like, we're dead. And he goes back, and he's like, Elisha, what are we going to do? Like, like, the whole Syrian army is going to crush us. And he's like, don't worry. He who is with us is far greater than he who is against us. And he's like, okay, that's a great prophetic thing to say, but I'm not seeing it. He says, trust me. And he says, Lord, open his eyes. And he opens his eyes and he sees angels way more numerous than the Syrian army all around them. And that's the case for you today. That whenever you feel alone and you don't see it, that you're, you're drifting towards cutting a corner or uh, uh, drifting from God's word, drifting from trusting God, because you just don't see it. I want you to see the angel that encamps around you. That, that you, that God always delivers in his timing and in his way, right? So for us, it's intentional trust. I love verse 8. Oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. Blessed is the man who takes refuge in him. See, trust in him. So that tasting, right, it's kind of a weird word, but what it means is to experience. Have you ever gone to a taste testing, right? Uh, a wine taste test, oh, we're Baptists. Uh, grape juice tasting, you know, you've been there. Um, and, 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 or uh, uh, a food tasting or something like that. And, and you, 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 like, 
you kind of like let it sit on your palate or whatever that means, you know, and, and, and you're like, mmm, right? It's a little bit different than, than, than shoving down a Whopper at Burger King, right? You're like tasting it, experiencing all of the, the elements of it. And so I, I, I knew this, this professor, strong Christian at a secular school, and, and, she, and she was always she would talk about her faith. Um, and she'd have, of course, a lot of skeptic students. And they would ask questions. And, and, and she would say, hey, instead of just sitting back like this, like, oh, I don't believe any of that. Why don't you experience, why don't you, even with all your doubts, even with things you're not certain of or things you don't know, why don't you try? Try following the Lord. See, taste, experience Him. See, and I believe you will see that He is good. But it's purposeful. It's intentional. It's I will trust Him. So if you're a skeptic tonight and you're someone like, eh, I don't know, like, don't sit on the sidelines. Taste Him. Try Him out. Let's see what happens when you say, all right. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to surrender to God. And, and, and then he just says, take refuge in him. That's like uh, if there's a tornado warning and you run into your basement, right? And I want you to see life is full of people who are like, you know, I'm not going to trust God. And they run out into the tornado. Imagine that. You're like, no, 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 no. Where are you going? Right? The, the image here is for us is all the, the storms of life rage around and I will take shelter in the Lord. I will not. This is intentionality. I will trust him even if I don't see him. I will trust him with that situation if I don't, even if I, I don't feel him there, right? And he, and, he, and he finishes this section this way. Oh, fear the Lord, you his saints. For those who fear him have no lack. The young lions suffer want and hunger, but those who seek the Lord lack no good thing. Jesus would jump on this theme in the Sermon on the Mount when he would say, seek first his kingdom, his righteousness. All these things will be added to you. Meaning, all these things you're worried about, clothing and food and money. and Like, seek the kingdom. Intentional trusting the Lord and he will provide. He won't provide all your wants. He will provide exactly what you need if you trust him. And so for, tw- for this year, um, 2022, my hope is we'll have intentional trust. And by the way, intentional praise, if you, if you focus on that one, usually turns into intentional trust, doesn't it? Because the more you're throughout your day saying, look what God has done. Praise God, he delivered me. Praise God, look at my grandchild. Praise God, right? The more you do that, the more when something that's not quite right happens, you trust God. Because you've been praising him all along, how great he is. Now you're like, I can trust him with this. It's hard, but I can't. So it's intentional. You're not going to slide towards trusting in him, right? Instead, when we, when we drift, we, we drift towards trusting in ourselves, and that's terrifying. That's terrifying. Instead, I want you to think about what, what is the, um, the, that thing in your life you're struggling right now to trust God? What is it? You don't have to tell me, but I just want you to put it before you. This year, can you just, no matter how hard it might be, can you just camp out under the refuge of God and just say, I'm trusting him. I'm just believing in him in my marriage. I'm believing in him with this job situation. I'm believing in him with this illness. I'm believing in whatever it is, a wayward child or or someone that's sick. I just, I will trust the Lord this year. I won't budge from it. Picture yourself and picture the, 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 the angels all around you. He's got you, you, but you have to be intentional. 
You have to every day say, God, I will believe you in this. And so intentional praise, intentional uh, praise leads to that, that intentional um, where now we're, we're looking at intentional godliness, right? So intentional trust leads to intentional godliness or obedience. Um, I, I'm not a big city person. I grew up in the Berkshires, so a city means there's a few houses you can see, you know, uh, to me. And, and so I, I, I'm always kind of in awe when I go into a city, and I usually don't know quite what to do, how to drive, how to park, whatever. I barely know how to drive in Northbridge, right? So uh, it, it's always been interesting. I remember as a kid, um, my, my dad would bring us a few times a year to Red Sox games. He'd get good seats because he was a buyer, and he would get some sales reps, and he would give us good tickets. And I don't know what it was. I've told you this, but my dad, he can walk through crowds like water. Like there's something about him, right? And, and so he would, he, my brother and I, my sister would be, be following him, and he's, he's walking, he's got his Red Sox hat on, and he's going through all these people. And he's like, come on, come on, come on, this way, this way. And we're like trying to follow him and trying to follow him. But wherever my dad went, that's where I was going. I definitely didn't want to get lost. I remember another time being in New York City on a class trip. And we were walking along, and we saw this guy, and he had a row of what looked like Rolexes. You ever seen these people? And he's like, hey, come here, come here, come here. And I'm like, what? No. Like, there was something about him. Like, there's no way I'm following that shady dude in the alley with the Rolexes or whatever he's got on his arm. Right? And, and so that's why I, I want you to see how when, if you intentionally learn to trust God, you will learn to that intentional godliness or obedience. Because if you trust him, I trusted my father, just couldn't catch him a lot, right? But I trusted him, right? Because he was my dad. And I knew him. And I knew I could trust him. So I'm in the middle of Boston. I, I don't want to be without him. So I'm, I'm following him. Shady dude with the watches. No. No, no, no. Not trusting him. Because I don't know him and he seems shady. And so this year, there's things that are going to try to lure you in. To cut corners. Hey, hey. Cheat on your taxes. Federal government doesn't need your money. That's the shady dude with watches. Come over here. Right? Or, hey, hey, you, you can have sex. You love her. I know you're not married, but you can. Come over here. It's the shady dude with the, with the watches. Come over here. It's okay. It's okay to lie. Just this once. Just this once. I want intentional godliness to say, I trust the Lord. I'm not going to gravitate towards this. I trust the Lord, what he has for me. Watch as we look at this section. It's a shorter section, okay? And this is the theme. Is, is it almost turns into a proverb where David sounds like his son Solomon someday. Come, O children, listen to me. I will teach you the fear of the Lord. What man is there who desires life and loves many days that he may see good? Like, who wouldn't want a good life? Continues. He says, keep your tongue from evil and your lips from speaking deceit. Turn away from evil and do good. Seek peace and pursue it. You see all the intentionality there? Peace isn't something that you glide towards. No, conflict you glide towards, right? The, the, the uh, not speaking evil is not something that you just kind of, oh, wow, I talk really loving all of a sudden. No, no, no. Right? When we're just letting ourselves drift, it's we speak or the intention, the, uh, um, 
the extension of speaking in our day, texting, snap-facing, Twitter-gramming, or whatever else you're doing, right? However you're communicating, are we going to communicate intentionally peace, reconciliation, bless somebody? Like, what would happen if we behaved as Christians, and when someone disagreed with us, we showed them love? (gasps) What would happen? But I have to tell them my opinion, Jamie, because I'll save the world. If I just post this on Facebook, nobody's been, nobody's mind has been changed on social media once, and we've been doing it for how long now? That's not in my notes. i got to keep going. All right. The the idea here is intentional godliness, okay? So they kind of build on themselves, don't they? Intentional praise. God, you are awesome. I'm going to trust you with this situation. And because I'm trusting you, if I trust you, like that story about my dad, I will go your way. I will follow you. I'm not following the shady dude over there. I'm not following the enemies telling me to cut corners, right? So uh, there's going to all kinds of drifting that's going to threaten you this year. I want you to say, no, 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 I'm staying in his truth. Maybe I'm going to get in a small group and and be in his truth with others. I'm going to focus. I'm going to make sure I'm I'm in in the corporate gathering. That's what we're doing now. Let's, Let's reset. Let's be intentional. Let's fight for godliness, to, to actually want to be people who bring others to reconcile with God and with others, not bring division and separation. Man, do you know how, how easy it is to look kind today? All you have to do is say something nice to someone. You're like, whoa, what do you want? Because everyone is so on edge right now. And, and, and man, we can just be the light of Christ just by saying, I know we disagree. I love you anyway. I love you anyway. It's okay. You voted for that person. I don't care. I love you more. You're a bigger, I love you way beyond your political thoughts or your, you know, whatever team you root for or whatever school you go to or whatever church you might go to. I love you too much as a soul. Intentional godliness, bringing peace. And so, um, we've had those three things. And I'm going to finish the psalm now. There's, uh, it's a rather long section. And this is how I want us to finish, because here's the thing. I want you to hear me. Those things, and, and all those things are important, but God might have spoken to you about one of them more than another. I've got to be intentional about praise. I've got to be intentional about my obedience or godliness, or I really just got to really say I've got to trust God. None of those things are going to happen to you or me if we don't remember the gospel. That's why the gospel is written everywhere here. Everything is about the gospel. If you don't preach the gospel to yourself every day, you're not going to be able to trust God. You're definitely not going to be intentional about godliness. It will fail you, but you have to be intentional about the gospel perspective. Now, David and the rest of this psalm, you're going to see the theme over and over again. The Lord heard. The Lord saved. The Lord delivered. The Lord redeemed. And, and, and David is talking about his circumstances, right? But, but David, this is a prophetic word that we now look back at and see written all over it, the gospel of Jesus Christ. Right? There's even a, a prophecy there as well, as I'll, I'll show you. Watch, starting in verse 15. The eyes of the Lord are toward the righteous, and his ears towards their cry. The face of the Lord is against those who do evil, to cut off the memory of them from the earth. So look at that right there. Who's righteous? Here, I'll give you verse 17. 
When the righteous cry for help, the Lord hears and delivers them out of all their troubles. And so we now know that none are righteous, so all God would would reject and turn his face away, but you are made righteous in Christ. That That when you put your faith in what Jesus did for you, you're not only saved from your sin, but you're given his righteousness. You may not feel righteous, Christian, right? You may not feel it, but you are. Because he's, by his grace, given it to you. And so if you are in Christ, you are made righteous. And therefore, as David sings this, you can look at this and see, he's always going to deliver me. If I, if I cry for help, no matter what time of day, he's going to hear you, right? He's not like us as parents, right? Two in the morning, this better be good, right? I mean, I used to wake up my dad all the time, like, Dad, Dad, can you fix my covers? Like, I'm surprised now when he stays over, he doesn't wake me up just out of revenge. Jamie, come down to the guest room. You've got to fix my covers. He's too gracious for that. I'm going to do that to my kids someday for sure. God's not like that. He doesn't sleep. You can cry for help anytime you want, right, that, that, that you can know that he, his ears are bending towards your cry. And then I, I, I love this. This might be the only verse you need today because if you walked in here tonight brokenhearted or crushed in spirit, look, the Lord is near to the brokenhearted and he saves the crushed in spirit. Oh, how beautiful that is. Like you, when you're crushed and brokenhearted, you feel lonely, don't you? You feel like you don't have a friend. Nobody understands. It's the loneliest feeling in the world. You can know that the Lord is near you, that he doesn't turn away. How pathetic. Get up. That's not how he is. He's near to you. He saves you. David continues the, this song, and he says, Many are the afflictions of the righteous, but the Lord delivers him out of them all. We live in a fallen world. Like, the... the we, a lot of bad things happen to us, even believers, especially believers. Not trying to get you to think they don't because you've experienced the world, right? And, and, and we, we feel those afflictions, but we need to know in the end that every one of them you will be delivered out of. It might take longer than you want. But every one of them the Lord will deliver you. That's the promise, right? That's the gospel. He keeps all his bones. This is the prophecy to Jesus. Not one of them is broken. You remember when Jesus was on the cross and the two uh, that were crucified next to him, they had their legs broken? Well, Jesus, of course, was already dead, so they didn't break his bones. David didn't realize what he was doing here, right? But he, he was giving us a taste of the Jesus, Jesus who was to come. Affliction will slay the wicked, and those who hate the righteous will be condemned. There will be justice. We don't have to worry about it. The Lord will do it. And here's how he ends it. Verse 22. The Lord redeems the life of his servants. None of those who take refuge in him will be condemned. How, what a beautiful promise for you to know. Right? That, that, that you and I, we have to preach the gospel to ourselves every day. Every day. How do you do that? Maybe in your prayer, remember who you were. Remember where you would be without Christ. Remember where your destination would be without Christ. Think of all the things he's delivered you from. Think of the gospel. Preach it to your own heart, to your own soul every single day. Get in a group with other people who share the gospel with one another and what Jesus is doing. That's why we're here. I mean, if you've been here long enough, you know I preach the same message, just different biblical texts. 
right? The gospel. Even Leviticus. We did eight uh, sermons out of Leviticus. Where do we land every time? The gospel. Because the whole of Scripture points to the saving work of Christ and all that that means for you. And so if if you, this year, you're intentional about remembering who you are in Christ, remembering what He's done for you, that will lead you to praise and lead you to trust and lead you to obedience and godly living. So I'm going to pray um, for us, as I always do. We'll invite the worship team up. Here's what I'm, I'm going to pray through those different elements. I'm just going to ask you to breathe and put before what God might have put on that's going on in your life um, and, and, and just maybe just hold out your hands and let God bless you in that area. Let's, let's close our eyes, bow our heads, and pray. Father, I thank you for this psalm. I thank you that David, you inspired him to write it. He didn't even know all that he was giving us because you were working through him and his abilities and talents and his emotions. Lord, I pray that for each and every one of us who are drifting towards laziness or sin or bitterness, grumbling, that this new year that you would help us to dig our our mittens and our gloves into the snow and be intentional about putting ourselves on the path that you're calling us to. Lord, that you, you would make, make us worshipers of your name. You would give us specifics to just start tomorrow to say, I'm going to praise you. I'm going to bless your name. I'm going to see your goodness in my life. And then I'm going to come into the corporate gathering ready to praise your name with others. Lord, I pray that our praise would be infectious like it was David. That people would see and hear our praise and be glad. Lord, for others, it might be trust. Lord, there's a lot of things in this room, you know, that we're just not trusting you with. We're just saying, oh, it's never going to happen. You've promised. We're just not trusting you. We're not taking refuge. Lord, I pray that Whatever that thing is, we'd leave here saying, no, I'm trusting God. And Lord, I pray for intentional godliness as well. All of those shady people, really it's just the enemy calling us to cut corners, to go in directions that you don't call us to go. Oh, Father, I pray that we would stand upon your truth we would obey you we would intentionally whatever areas that were drifting that we would would confess them and we would say Lord I want your way I want your truth show us not just right now but throughout this year show us when we're drifting away Lord get us back on track put people in our lives who will be who will be kind enough to challenge us and love us enough to help us and Lord lastly I thank you for the gospel I thank you Jesus we can, that, that we can revel in the gospel. We will for all of eternity. You died in our place. You rose in victory. You'll come again in glory. And we wait upon you. Come, Lord Jesus. Lord, I pray that we would, we would be people, men and women, boys and girls, who preach the gospel to ourselves every day. That we never take it for granted. That we never forget it. We remember who we were without you. And where we'd be without you. 
And oh Lord, if there's anyone here that's never trusted in the gospel, never trusted in the name of Christ, that they would tonight. That they would taste and see your good. Even with all their doubts and all their questions, that they would just say, I'm going to dive into this pool of grace and taste and see what this is all about. We thank you for, for your great sacrifice for us. I pray that we would have the spirit power in us this year and a difficult world and difficult circumstances to be the light of Christ. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Let's stand and sing.